0: So I wait for nothing at all, and I wait for curtains to fall, and I wait for someone to call my name, but the phone
1: ain't been ringing in so long. So I.
2: Hello and welcome to the Joplin Toad's first semi-official Toadcast. My name is Jarrell, and I'm happy to introduce our artist interview with Joplin painter, bottle cap muralist, hairdresser, sculptor, and neighborhood improver, Eric Hahn. Many folks know Eric's brother Jeremy, renowned comic book artist and also a Joplin resident, but not everyone knows Eric. We're about to change that by letting you listen in here. Find out what Eric got started, why he does what he does, how he got over 5,000 bottle caps from local business owners, and how it ties into the big picture of contributing to your local culture. The first few minutes of this interview were, for the sake of ambiance, recorded in an alley where some of Eric's work currently resides. You can even hear the chimes that Eric hung there, as mentioned in our group interview with the artist Alley contributors. With ambiance comes wind, so pardon the disruptions of wind, background noise, and mic distortions for the first portion of our time. And here it is, Eric Hahn interviewed by Mark Nineschwander.
1: Eric, tell us a little bit about how you got started in your artistry. At what age did it sort of kick in? All that good stuff. Uh,
0: (laughs) it's funny how everybody thinks of like how they got into art. How how did you get into photography? How did, how did anybody get into art? And, And nobody does just one thing either. Nobody's just a writer or a photographer or a painter or, I mean, uh, I mean, some people kind of are, but people—some people like the arts. They like, you know, they—they're into something. Uh, I've always liked art, but growing up, my older brother and I always said that he is actually the true artist, like the eccentric artist. So I was his little brother. So whenever, like junior high, when you first had your actual art class, he was older than me. So he was gra- he was getting- he was leaving junior high. I was coming in. The art teacher, like, was excited to see me because I was Jeremy's little brother. So <laughs> so honestly, I think I had a one up uh, in 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 life or in art. You know, because if your if your older brother's a thug you're expected to be a thug but my older brother was really good at art so I was expected to be really good at art and I don't even know you know is somebody actually good at something or are they just did they practice and learn and conditioned it to get there so it's kind of it's kind of the same thing happened in junior high same thing happened in high school that my brother who's amazing at art but that's also whenever I went home you know and I had a junior high art project and I'm showing it to him and I'm like hey man You know, I look up to him and I'm like, you know, showing him what I'm working on. And he's like, hey, what if you tried this or did this? So even I I, it's like Mozart was good at music, but I bet you anything, Mozart's little brother was pretty damn talented, too. (laughs) So that's so honestly, that's kind of how I feel that my my brother is an amazing artist. And I think it's from I think some of that comes from that. Honestly, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of funny, but that's, you know, you could look at all day is, is somebody is art naturally born in somebody or did they actually just, I think the interest is some people are more interested in it like this this bird mural painting over here spent four, it took 40 hours to do and not everybody's going to spend 40 hours doing something. I mean, that's just, it, that's a lot of time. It took multiple days. You're doing it on your day off. You just have three hours here, two hours here, five hours here. You know, one day you spent an entire, you know, eight hour stretch. And, but I think that that's not everybody has that interest to sit and learn to play the piano. But some, you know, some people have the interest to sit and, and learn how to paint mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I understand that that family connection too because, you know, I got into photography, I guess I was more prone to creativity because my dad was an artist, you know, and what I ended up doing was nothing like what you did, but that definitely, the creative urge and watching him run his own business and all that, you know, played into an me starting out. So it definitely helps a lot to have somebody else in the home that kind of sets a, a path for you a little bit. Even well, in the in the earlier interview, when you're talking to those
0: guys, and that you know he's you know they're talking about you know his eight year old kid, you know even showing interest in what he's doing. So yeah, I mean, maybe parents do influence the kids a little more than what they
1: realize or you know sure. or I yeah know. yeah definitely. So um, after uh, after junior high and high school and all that, like kind of what was your Artistic journey like after that? Uh, I went to Missouri Southern
0: as an art major for one year uh, and didn't really do that good on a college level. I think I was good on a high school level, but you know, I got most talented in my high school. But little do you realize when you go to college, and here in Joplin, Missouri Southern, uh, when you go to college, the art program is made up of the best art students from all of the surrounding colleges plus more. And it's very competitive and you really have to step up your game and you can't just kind of slack your way through that. that I don't think I was mature enough and ready to actually uh, deliver with the next level of art. So when I quit the art program, I was like, okay, I still want to do art. And, you know, Joplin's amazing. I was, you know, 18 and just moved here. And I found out that like 609, 609 hung art from local artists. So I worked and worked for a year to do a one-man show at 609. So I worked on making art. And I put together, you know, 20 pieces of art and presented it to 609. And, and I got to have a one-man show at 609. So that was the first show of like in joplin getting to show
1: your art that's awesome you know, some, so what like what led you to have that initiative because a lot of times you know when i see with artists they might be pretty good but they have trouble kind of making that leap to you know like to to, to walking up to six and nine and saying hey i, I want to show here or, or uh, you know that kind of preparation you put into it like not everybody has that drive i think
0: it's but maybe back to i mean to, to circle back around but maybe back to my brother you know, he's my older brother. So if he's riding a bike, I'm like, I can ride a bike. If, he, if he's drawing something, and I'm still his worst critic, he shows me something he does, and I'm like, oh, dude, you should have, you know, you should have done this and that, you know? I'm like, I'm like, I, you know, I hold him and his feet to the fire. Uh, but, but I think because of that, I, I see it all as like, I could do that. That was a PFFT sound. The pift. Yeah, pift. I, I could do that. And that's what, and it's amazing. Even this bottle cap art, I don't think it's magical. I don't think it's mystical. I mean, I like it. I love it. I, it's awesome to make something. But I think people can make this. I think other people could make this. I think it's not, it's not unique. Just to, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's something that. I mean, when you look online, I mean, you can you can watch a tutorial on how to do anything. If you want to learn to do leather working, you can watch videos on it. You want to learn to play the piano, you can learn to play the piano. So. You know the difference well, being
1: though, that you are doing it well you know, and that's instead uh, of saying like I'm gonna sit back until inspiration hits me to do the most amazing thing I could do well I' well, saying no I could do this and then you do it
0: in uh, in that high school early high school college age in your early 20s uh, I, I kind of realized like I liked art I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm not gonna be taking art classes anymore so if you're not taking if you're not like in classes I, I knew I wanted to continue it, and that that's where I think the 609, having a show at 609 gave me a mission. I was like, okay, if I do one painting, if I do this, this, you know, 609 has huge walls. If I, if I do this, you know, if I I had one, I did one painting, one big painting, I was like, oh my gosh, if I did 20 of these, I could have a one-man show there. Or if I did 30, you know, I could pick the best 20 paintings. So... If I can just, I'm still watching TV, I'm still watching Netflix like everybody else. I'm, I'm painting while I'm watching Netflix and, and I'm making something. I, I, I know people that like played instruments in high school or, you know, they, they, they were in band. and they, they did that when they were a kid and now they don't they don't play music anymore. I think that's sad. I think it's sad when people are like, oh yeah, I used to really be into art
1: and they don't do it anymore. I, I just think that that's kind of sad. Why? Why is it you think that they don't? Because I've had this conversation with a lot of people about how you're a kid and you just create art because you love it, not not to to you know produce a specific goal, not because other people are looking at you, but you just do it for the joy of it. Why is it you think people lose that? You know, I, but it's why do people quit reading books? Why do people quit quit learning? I mean, people quit doing
0: anything. Uh, it's just kind of I don't know. To me, it's sad. It, it's it's uh, and I think that's. I don't know. I think that some people go full circle and realize that they can still learn and they should still learn and still try to educate themselves and become more well-rounded. And I don't know. It's, it's hilarious to see why, you know, I think a lot of people just go to work and go home and go to work and go home and that's in the, getting this routine and it's easy to do and it's so easy to get in that set routine, but it's so rewarding for me to work on a painting to work on a piece of art even if it's 40 hours and if it's in you know two hours a day over you know whatever amount of time it's it's still worth it to step back and say wow i made this i created this you yeah. know something you can be proud of you and, if like- you, and if the art sucks you don't have to show anybody so you don't have to be you <laughs> know if, if you're not proud of it that's okay too but i know the next one i do will
1: be even better what do you feel like you do it? Do you feel like you do it just for your your enjoyment of it? Do you feel like you're paying for other people? Like, what's your, what's your driving force? Uh, or is it some mix of those?
0: No, it's, uh, you, you wonder about it. Because a lot of people, like, uh, I don't know, why does anybody, why do people do things? And, and it's, I, I don't know, you do it because you have to. No, no, I, I don't know. I think you, you want to make a make to if, for me. It's making something better, making something different, making something like kind of purpose, like uh, like on on my Instagram, my Instagram intro, uh, you know, how, how do you describe yourself on your intro? I mean, everybody's like, I don't know what to say here. This is <laughs> this is stupid, and it is stupid. But uh, I ended up writing something like. Uh, I realized that I gain a lot of my self-worth through creating. And and once you realize that, and it's and it's really true, and I don't think it's sad, I think it's valuable to kind of to learn we, you learn you know we think we know ourselves, we don't know ourselves. You learn about yourself all the time. So whenever I learned that in my job, my actual career, I cut hair. And I've been cutting hair for 20 years, like professionally outside of school, graduated for 20 years and in, in coloring hair, cutting hair. And I love it, but I get to create. And I think that that's what I love about it. I get to create. And I think that in making a painting, or a bottle cap piece of art or anything a sculpture i mean i've got i've got chainsaw carvings at home i mean i've got it's its just i i to me it's but it's creating it's learning the process learning how to do it and then creating and it's i don't know i, I love it and I, I, and I don't know why <laughs> but i don't understand how people don't have hobbies if you don't know, have interests so i wait.
1: All right, so we moved inside where it is less windy, and there are less people yelling in the alley. The alley felt very fitting, but uh, it was a little quieter here. So, uh, no, in, in doing, uh, in doing,
0: talking about doing art in this alley, uh, I had permission for about two years to paint something on this building, and pretty much free reign of what to paint. Which is awesome, because if somebody's like, no, you can only paint this. But if somebody's like, no, dude, whatever, if you're paying for it, go for it. And I was like, heck yeah. But I sat on it for like two years and never did anything. And I was talking to my little brother, and he's like, or my my girlfriend was going on some sister trip or, you know, something. And he's like, hey, what are you going to do while she's gone? And I was like, I don't know. And I said, man, when I was like 20, I would have, I would jump on doing a little mural back there, six foot by six foot. I've got this space and when I was 20, I would have just jumped on painting something and Now, it's like I put too much thought into it. Man, I'm going to paint something. What should it be? I don't know. You know, it's easy to overthink it. It's like when you're young, you'll just get a tattoo. You'll walk in and just do it. But when you're older, you're like, oh, I need to overthink the heck out of this. Uh, Limited body space. Kind of. Yeah, like whatever. And whatever clicked in my head in, in that mindset of, yeah, when I was 20, I would have done that. So that's when I was like, yeah, so bam, I'm going to, I'm going to have a couple of days when I, when I, so that, that's whenever I uh, came up and drew up this idea, I could do this Phoenix rising up and that's kind of Joplin theme, Joplin-esque, you know, anytime you do something, you want it to kind of tie into something I'm like that's a good idea. So that's painted, painted that painted this mural. Uh, on our garage where we live. It's on C Street, it's a super busy street. Lots of people drive down it, way too fast. Uh, but I was always inspired in Carthage. Carthage, on one of their main streets, they've got this old-timey Coca-Cola billboard on this building and people take pictures by it and it's beautiful and they, they park their old car. And I'm like, man, that's, a, that's an asset to the town. And my garage kinda pokes out and is visible from the street, I can't do a whole you know, 50 foot mural, but I did a seven foot Coca Cola mural on the side of my garage. And to me, it's you know, kind of inspired from the from what I saw in Carthage. you like, that's cool. Some old-timey Coke thing. I mean, there was a Coke factory here in Joplin. I don't know the full story, but you're like, that's cool. So I did that. So I guess that was kind of the tip-off into doing, instead of art for a gallery or art, for, because I've been in a gallery in Kansas City. I've been in a gallery in Bentonville. I've been in, it had different shows at different restaurants and been, right now I'm still in a gallery in Carthage. You know, I've been in different places selling art, but to do public art and put it up. And when you, when you do something, it's so, you know, you drive by it every day and you're scared to death that somebody's going to vandalize it. You know, something's (laughs) going to happen. Somebody's going to draw a penis on the bird, you know, something's (laughs) going to happen, but it doesn't, you know, when it doesn't get destroyed, when it doesn't get vandalized and you realize, holy cow, this thing's been here for a year, two years, and it's not getting destroyed. It it almost invites you to do more. Uh, So I, I, and just from talking to people, you know, the, the Coke sign I did on my garage, I painted it on a seven-foot piece of outdoor plywood, and then I was talking to somebody, and you know somebody sent me to uh, I think it's KMI Metal on Seventh Street, and they sell metal, and they they'll cut it to size, and and in my Honda Civic I can fit two five-foot long pieces of metal, so I can stack them up. But I can so I had them cut them. I would order a sheet of metal, have them cut it into five-foot sections, and that's when I started hand painting metal signs and those are all over North Heights and Wilson Hutton and Roanoke, uh, in Murfreesburg and, and all those little historic Joplin around, around my house, around where we live. Cause when you look at your neighborhood and you're like, man, how can I make a difference in my neighborhood? And mm-hmm. you see these, you know, what it's scary. It's so scary to, to look at, you know, what can you do to make your neighborhood better? You can pick up trash while you walk your dogs. You can you know, be walking your dogs and be out talking to neighbors and just, you know, mm-hmm. taking care of your yard, but, you know, through art and that's what you know i I did the coke sign put it on my garage and then i did a bunny bread sign and talked to a neighbor and was like hey can i put this on your fence and they were like heck yeah and then uh I did a, a piggly wiggly sign and that's kind of right off of North Main. And some you know, the other lady was like, Yeah, go for it. Hang it you know. <laughs> but it's just kinda cool. There used to be a piggly wiggly in Joplin. I did a Mickey Mantle's Holiday Inn sign. It's on Second Street. Oh, that's uh, amazing. But the Holiday Inn was Mickey Mantle's Holiday Inn. It's and it's and I found old uh, old matchbooks advertising that and that's what I based the the five foot metal
1: sign billboard on. That's so cool. I mean, we're doing a feature on things that used to be on range line. And that was one of those things Yeah, the, the a holiday. And, you know, I just found out about that. Yeah. and that, but So it, you're not only doing the stuff that's in the community, but it's based on things that used to be here. So it's yeah, you know, that much more personal for trying to the make neighborhood. I've got a Capri motel billboard mm. that, that I did.
0: I mean, the billboard it's five foot, so it's not too big. It's hanging on garages and fences. And that's what I'm, that's where those things go. But to make these things, and it takes time it takes money it takes energy you have to buy the metal you have to buy the paint to hang that up on the back of each one it says my name and it says my address and if you're taking this down please return it to me you know because you don't want somebody to sell it in a garage sale or something mm-hmm. uh, flea market but you uh, you get scared of, yeah, you know, the the scaredness of, oh I didn't want, it says Crystal Cave. It advertises mm-hmm. the Crystal Cave. it's That's up by Columbia Elementary, uh, which is kind of cool. It's a block from the school. Little kids are gonna walk by that. Yeah. And you see Crystal Cave. What is that? Google that. Learn some Joplin history yeah, and find out. Driving past that, dropping my kids off before I ever knew you were. Yeah, and then that's a cool, like that's a little cool tidbit of Joplin history that's actually kind of neat. So in making, making, making metal signs, making wooden signs, making some a, a mural, ma- making something on you know, and I don't know what size it becomes a mural if it's not the entire side, side of the building. <laughs> I've but never looked at the yeah. Most of the things of I'm doing are like six foot, you know, six foot tall, six foot wide, you know, something that's that's about it. The the biggest. So I- I remember the the first show I had at Six O Nine when I was you know 19 years old or whatever and wanting to just have an art show and kind of had a mission and a goal like oh I can I can have a show here. But I remember uh, Ted Monsour, the the guy that was in charge of the art through Six O Nine. Then he uh, I remember you know, he sees the art and he's like oh man I love it and, and I started talking to him about it and he kind of cut me off. He's like no man he said. I don't want to know how it's made. I just want to appreciate it. And that's, and that's so interesting. And that's, and that's what I wasn't sure. Like in this interview with the toad, you know, like it, there's always, there's different approaches to how, how something's, you know, like what do you, you know, what goes in the soup or just eat the soup.
1: <laughs> sure. You know, I mean, And And I think a lot of that's, you know, it's just up to you as the interviewee and as the artist, you know, I I think every artist is different. I think some people are like, no, I I want to tell you about the process. I think it's interesting. I think other people think it's interesting. Yeah. And And then for some people, it's like, you know, no, 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 a magician does not reveal his secrets. I've heard, I've heard (laughs) when 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 people go to an art gallery,
0: there's two different people. One person gets really close and and looks at it from like, you know, an inch away. Mm -hmm. And I remember being a kid on a field trip at at the Nielsen Atkins in, in Kansas City and getting getting in trouble from a security guard because I was standing way too close. I was like an inch away from the (laughs) painting. He's like, yeah, you need to step back from the painting. And, uh, but then hearing later that some people step back and just look at it and appreciate it. But, uh, the artist is getting close to try to figure out how it's made Mm -hmm. to see what's the process. If this goes on top of this and this goes on top of this, and you can look at how it's made and you're like, Oh my gosh. So it's kind of an interesting thing, but like the bottle cap art that's out here in this alley, in this graffiti alley or artist alley, I don't know what you call it. Uh, it'll have a name (laughs) at some point. People keep making art. Uh, but I had I had made some metal pieces of art and collage work of art, and I, I loved these metal pieces I was doing. And, and and came across you know a bunch of bottle caps, and I started talking to to restaurant owners, you know, and saying, hey, we you, we you save the bottle caps for me, and it, it was hilarious how or impressive to me how people were like excited and excited to have some have a place to they're excited to be part of something excited to save stuff you know excited when, when they saw you to be hey man i've got this this many bottle caps for you that's so and, cool. uh, but everything from from different i mean from different bars and different restaurants in joplin that
1: the, these business owners are, are excited to contribute so were you like how did they find out about it were you going to them and asking them or were they just hearing about it and then deciding on their own to set back things for you
0: no 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 i was i mean i wanted to make a bottle cap piece of art and I quickly realized how many it took, like the, uh, so I, I did one. Like I can't
1: drink this many Coke bottles on my own. <laughs>
0: no, there's, you know, diabetes and uh, like I did a one and it says love. And I knew I wanted to put one word, kind of like a postage stamp. And what is the word that you would, I chose love as the word, but you know, if you're making a, something that's going to be on public art, people will walk by it. What is the one word you would say? And it's hard to narrow it down, like be kind, care, pick up litter. I mean, like, <laughs> like give a damn, you know, <laughs> right. but no, and that's what love was a simple word. So it says love and then it's got, you know, 70 flowers, but that has... Like fifteen hundred bottle caps oh, on that gosh. on that one piece of art, and next to it is 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 a it's a butterfly, and then it's a it's an iris, and the iris is Joplin City flower, mm-hmm. so same thing, and it's fifteen hundred bottle caps, so that's a that's a lot, <laughs> uh, but in in getting. When you realize suddenly like you need a lot of bottle caps you start talking to everybody uh the guys at the recycling center down on a street uh they saved bottle caps for me uh this morning i actually went and dropped off recycling and when i when i showed up and uh the guy tossed me a a little ziploc bag full of coke bottle caps he's like hey man here i saved these for you You (laughs) but people get excited to contribute to art and i show showing pictures of what I've done. Hey, I've done this. I've done this. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is in this alley. So that, he knows he's contributing to yeah, that. Yeah, it, every, everybody's
1: pitching into that. And well, it's, 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 it's something – I will say that about Joplin is – and I, I don't know if this is common in other communities uh, or if it's more prevalent in Joplin, but I, I feel like people are just so quick to – to help with, with things I found that you know if I'm if I'm doing an, a creative project you know no, nobody's getting paid this is just for the, the heck of it you know like let's make this cool thing like I want so many people just jump in just to help you know and I, I feel like Joplin has a huge spirit of that a lot of the time you know not everyone of course Well,
0: you don't know what you can believe online but you know you read all this stuff online but you know there was just an article a couple of days ago and it was talking about the towns in Missouri and how much giving Mm-hmm. And, they, and they were looking at uh, income, the, the amount of income that people in the area make, and the percentage of gift giving that people do. And Joplin was ranked number one. Yeah, out okay. of the top came out out of the top ten in all the in all the state. So when you hear something like that, then you do look at it like, holy cow. Maybe something is more appreciative and caring and giving in Joplin than, than what we think, and it's you know we think it's you know normal or whatever if you live here, but that's that was like an article where they're looking at comparing the entire state and and, and you know you wonder oh how biased or how true or not true is that, or, is you know whatever <laughs> that article <laughs> sure. that's that's fake news but man that's pretty powerful stuff to see Joplin yeah being a yeah. a giving place but I don't know I think I think it's I think with art I think people are appreciative I think after the tornado maybe there was a change a shift in I mean you started seeing a lot more public art a lot more local art you don't know what like a psychological level how much well, that a lot changes. more people
1: you know just coming out in appreciation of it like like people really latched onto those things and um, and it kind of answered a lot of people's emotions you know when they saw those some of those things Spirit Tree and the job on Hope Wall and you know all that kind of stuff but if
0: yeah people hadn't walked out of that with different uh, looking at their priorities differently you know mm-hmm. and, and that's
1: I think it's good mm-hmm. uh well, I think it's interesting too. Speaking specifically about neighborhoods, I know there's a big movement in the city to just increase not only like city pride but but neighborhood pride. Neighborhoods kind of defining themselves again, um, and each one having its own flavor, and and groups getting together and you know putting on events or cleaning up the streets or doing murals together and those kind of things. And I, I think it's really neat to see the ways that you're contributing to that because like you you were talking about. Uh, you know, what What can I do to better my neighborhood? You know, I pick up trash or do I do, you know, these other things. And of course, you know, you do pick up trash, but, but how, you know, with my skill set can I, can I contribute? And I think it's neat to see, you know, you've done that in your own neighborhood, you're making these murals and hanging them up on people's fences for free, you know, in your specific neighborhood to better it. And I think that would be interesting if more people, you know, we're just inspired by that. Um, and that may not always apply to art, you know, <laughs> it might be, well, uh, and to me, it's
0: and I, but, back to what can you believe online? What, what you read? But I read something one time and it was like, it was like, you can give through your tithing. You can give through your time. You can give through your talents. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be money, but it can be, it doesn't have to be, you out working, but it can be, you know, it doesn't have to, you know, so I think, you know, your, your time, your talent, your tithing, I mean, whatever combination that is, I don't know if it's as you get older, you don't know if it's like an old, you know, (laughs) man. I'm getting getting older and I'm scared to death for getting sappy. I'm I'm scared for these little kids, but that's where, where we live. Somebody told me about a little free library that, that I, I do a woman's hair and thank God she, she told me about her, her little free library at her house. She lives in Joplin and a different neighborhood that I'm in. But I said, oh my God, like three days later, I was building my own little free library to put in front of our house. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, but that's, you know, if you can give something to the community and give kids a chance to, you know, adults, kids, whatever. I mean, just create a greeting place. And it's, it's insane to see how many, even the little free library, it gets used 10 times a day. People like walk their dogs to it, walk their kids to it. Old mm-hmm. people, young people, people stick their nose in it. I mean, it's, but that's but that's awesome that people give books and take books and borrow books and return them. You know, you see a, a little kid will return a comic book and the pages like the the pages are ripped out of it and they've tried to tape it all back together. Like that, that's really sweet. I don't yeah. care. They could they could keep that forever, but it's just really sweet to see like. You know, I, I remember being a kid and having a cover of a comic rip off and, and being scared to death. Oh my gosh, but yeah, it's flimsy, it's gonna happen. But to see, you know, what I don't know, like whatever in your neighborhood that can make a difference and it's I think it's easier. I don't think it has to be anything big or complicated or expensive. It can be just little things. And yeah. I know a lot of people say, uh, I, I'm struggling, I'm watching out for my own family and then I totally get that, but I still feel like that you can still do things. You can set an example. You can do things together that don't even cost money. It doesn't have to be a whole lot of time or money.
1: Yeah, or talent. I think that's what's interesting about about those little libraries is, uh, you know, and I know that you've stocked it with books before too. But basically, it's a one-time effort. You so say, "I'm going to build this," and this is an invitation, you know, for other people to come here and drop books in, so that other people can come here and take books out. You know, and so it's. It's very much an invitation, you know, and kind of setting an example for people. And I, I think that's really cool.
0: But it's funny, yeah, like what's the one takeaway you'd want to tell people? Like try, care, love, Yeah, you know, or how do you get people to give a damn? You ever wonder that? <laughs> <laughs> like, like why do some people care and other people don't care? Some people just give a damn. I and mean, you wonder how much of that is, is absolutely like in somebody too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, then again, I think through these kind of things, you know, I mean, you, you help other people care by caring, you know. You're, <laughs> you see a bunch of litter, like if, if somebody in front of you picks something up off the street and throws it away, you know, it's probably 200% more likely to pick up litter sometime in the next week when you see it, mm-hmm. you know, just... Sometimes people just don't think of these things. Uh, You were talking about the city,
0: kind of when we were as a group out there, like, you know, what what can be done on a city level? And and, and, uh, I know a lot of my frustration with art is, when it comes to public art, is the fear of red tape. You know, and that's what, uh, because in in that little interview I mentioned, uh, like in Fayetteville, I know that they paint on the the city electric boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've heard of some communities where they they'll bring in artists to paint crosswalks. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of neighborhoods have people that just speed through the neighborhoods. And what are what's anything that can be? And I've seen you know there's all kinds of cool examples online of like these cool visual crosswalks that that get people to slow down, you know, mm-hmm. and, and pay attention. And hey, this is you know this humans walk <laughs> through here, but in a beautiful way without yeah. angry. Well, <laughs> to, to, make, to make it cool. Yeah. Uh, but I would never paint across, like, to me, the red tape of that. So I don't even know how that gets organized in a neighborhood. And I know North Heights neighborhood where I live, you know, they, they've tried to, you know, they, they've worked on some things like that. Mm-hmm. But, the, but some of the... Uh, the actual bigger picture things kind of make me nervous. I think that's where a lot of people don't know where to start, don't know what to do. Yeah, they see they see something and they're like, "Hey, that's cool," and that's what I think I'm. I'm kind of limited by I want to do things like, you know, hey, I can make this sign. I can put as much time as I want into it. I can get it to where I think it's perfect, and then I can hang it up somewhere, uh, and that will help the town. But, yeah, if, if you could find a way to get cars to slow down in your neighborhood, if you could get ways to, you know, some of the you know the painting on the metal boxes or, or like painting crosswalks, I think there's a lot of things that people don't understand about the process of how that even gets
1: done. Mm-hmm. And that's... Well, and then it, I think a lot of that is just a, a form of teamwork because, you know, I think a lot of times the, the artistic person that is capable of producing that kind of project... Is not the same mind that is going to be capable of cutting through the red tape, going through the process with you know, city officials or whatever that takes, or the the organization, the structure of the entire process. You know, and so when you when you get people together in these groups, you know, where this person says, you know. I'm really good at painting. That's all I got. And I say, okay, you're going to do that. And this person says, well, I'm really good at organizing the schedules for the painters. You know, I say, okay. And then this person's like, you know, I have, I can talk to city council about this. I'm really good at making presentations, you know. And so I think that's when things really start to get done is when community takes on a more practical form like that and really comes together in those ways so that, It it doesn't just rest on one person's shoulders, you know, saying, how do I do this? And I've seen a lot of that, you know, in our neighborhood where there's 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 somebody that's capable of of actually putting things into action, you know, and then they'll pull in somebody else. okay, I know that
2: you're a good artist. We just want you to do that. We sure hope you enjoyed episode one of the Joplin Toadcast. If you'd like to see more of Eric's work, you can look at the accompanying photo gallery on thejoplintoad.com The alley mentioned but at the beginning of the interview is also featured in a separate article Music was provided by Guys on a Bus who can be found on Spotify or at www.guysonabus.com Intro and outro is by me, Jarrell Jackson, an interview conducted by Mark Nineswander And of course, you can follow Eric Hahn on Instagram, where he goes by, believe it or not, Eric Hahn, E-R-I-C-H-A-U-N. You can follow the toad across social media, including Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, and Myspace by typing in at Joplin Toad. Later, Toads.